you know, one thing I was trying to tell people is that you got to understand that taxes are an incentive system by the government. Um, it's an incentive to do what the government wants you to do. So when you do things the government wants you to do, you get rewarded, right? Because anyone that operates in the employee, you know, quadrant of life and you operate as an employee, you get taxed the most because you're not doing what the government wants you to do, right? And when I say doing what the government wants you to do, I'm saying they want you to provide things for society. They want you to contribute to society economically, right? And so if you're just an employee, you're not really contributing to society, you're just contributing to yourself whenever you go and get a job, right? Um, that's all you're really doing. So whenever you are operating as an investor or a business owner, you get you operate on a different uh, tax formula, right? And because the tax code is 77,000 pages, but a majority of those pages, very few of those pages show you what to pay and most of them show you how not to pay. But the thing is, most people don't operate as a business owner or an investor, so they don't get to take advantage of those other ones um, of how not to pay. So as a real estate investor, you know, it's different if you're doing flips or rental properties, right? When you're flipping houses, you don't really get many tax breaks besides, you know, the deductions for your expenses, which is significant. Um, but that's any business. Any business gets you know, whenever you, you pay taxes, you pay taxes on your net income, everybody, right? But as an employee, you don't have many deductions to take advantage of. So you're just taxed on your gross income. But as a business owner, you're taxed at the, your income, right? Minus your expenses. So when you're flipping houses, you have your income, you deduct all your expenses, which could be your rehab costs. It could be your traveling costs. It could be, you know, meals that you might've spent. It could be, you know, subscriptions that you have. It could be um, you know, property costs, holding costs, all those things are considered expenses, right? Holding, um, you know, title fees, all those things. So you subtract all that in your tax base off of that. Not, you don't, that, I mean, that's the, that's, that's, that's not much of a tax break in that aspect, but the biggest tax break comes from actually owning rental properties. Um, and so when you own rental properties, like I said, you're doing what the government wants you to do. You're providing homes for people, right? You're providing housing for people. So the government is like, hey, we want to incentivize you to continue doing that. So we'll give you tax breaks in the form of uh, depreciation, which is the number one tax break that real estate investors get. You know, um, whenever you own rental properties, residential real estate, you can essentially uh, deduct the value of the structure of the property, right? So if I don't have a property, if I have a piece of real estate that's worth 100000 and the property is worth... Uh, or the, the the land it sits on is worth twenty thousand, and the structure itself is worth eighty thousand, according to the um, county tax assessor. Then that means I can subtract the structure of my land, and I can I mean sorry, subtract the value of my land, and I can depreciate the value of the structure over twenty seven and a half years for residential real estate. So that, I know it sounds complicated, but just think about it like this: if I have a property worth a hundred thousand, structure eighty thousand. And or a property worth 100 and the land worth 20, that means the structure is worth 80. So if I take 80, divide that by 27 and a half, I think that's like 2,300. That's um, $2,300 a year that I'm able to claim as an expense, additional expense. So if I had a property that I was making $200 a month in positive cash flow, right? Like I said, that's what, that's usually what I aim for, $200 a month per unit. So if I have a single family house making $200 a month, that's $2,400 a year. So if I have a, that property's worth, you know, a hundred thousand and I get that $2,300 $2, per year tax deduction, I get to 
Now, from that 2400, I get to deduct another um, 2300, right? So now I'm only taxed on $100 of income for that year, as opposed to getting taxed on that $2400 of net income, right? Because now that because that that depreciation is essentially in a, a paper loss. It's not a physical loss you're taking, but the government allows you to take that paper loss um, in the form of depreciation. So now that's why a lot of real estate investors pay nothing in taxes. They pay absolutely nothing in taxes because of depreciation. Because now when you scale that to, you know, a hundred million or a billion or a hundred billion, you know, you can make a lot of money, but you know the depreciation is massive. So that's probably the number one. There's so many tax breaks. We're not going to get into them, but there's so many. That's probably the number one. That's pretty, that's pretty dope. And with the tax rate, can you just, um, to go subtract or subtract the whole bill at once of the house? Or has to do it like over time, over 27 years? Sorry, repeat that. Can you just like subtract the cost of the house in terms of depreciation taxes? I just take one hundred thousand dollars depreciation taxes in one year, or I do it over the twenty-seven years. We have twenty-three hundred, twenty-three hundred. Yeah, so it would have to be over the twenty-seven and a half years. So it's different for different industries. Like they call it Section One Seventy Nine um, depreciation, and then there's bonus depreciation. So one that was one of the things that got introduced with the twenty seventeen Trump tax bill was you can you can for certain things like for vehicles in a business or something you can deduct the entire value of that vehicle in one year. But for proper residential real estate and commercial real estate, you can't necessarily do that. And I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to do that because you want to be able to take advantage of that every single year. I don't want to have to pay absolutely nothing in taxes one year and then pay, you know, taxes later years. I mean, yeah, you can always carry it over and that's essentially what would happen, but you know, yeah. So, but to answer your question straightforward, I mean, you 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 wouldn't really be able to take the entire eighty thousand dollar depreciation up in one year. I mean, unless you're really, if you're gonna, unless you're making eighty thousand dollars, which it's you're obviously not making eighty thousand dollars a year off of a you know single family house, then there would be no point in trying to do that. But yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, what are some books and research that help you so far in your journey as an investor? Uh, I listen to a lot of, you know, podcasts, bigger pockets, real estate podcasts. I read a lot of their books. Um, those are, that was really probably the main, you know, sources of my real estate education from bigger pockets, you know, that podcast and then a lot of their books that they put out, you know, are really good for people looking to get into real estate as well, just because it teaches you a lot of the fundamentals and the basics. That makes sense. And what are some challenges um, have you faced? Um, to get to this point of success where you're able to see a property and like, okay, this is a flip, you know, compared to when you first started? Uh, I think, you know, just at this point, I mean, now it's, it's just about trying to manage, you know, different aspects of the business, but there's always, you know, challenges now at this point, you know, just with growing and doing more, you get more, more money is more problems in most situations. Um, but you just have to really, you know, kind of just learn how to handle them. You just learn how to handle them up front. I mean, I just lost some money on a deal that I'm closing uh, on Thursday. Lost like, I think 15 to 20,000, maybe 10 to 20,000 on that one. It happens. Even I'm still losing money. Um, I mean, I'm doing different things. So that's, you know, the, the way, the reason I lost money is 
I'm not, that doesn't necessarily mean other people would lose money that way. If you follow, you know, certain, it, I, I deviated from something I usually do. That's why I lost money. Um, but I don't even call, I don't necessarily think that's a challenge to me. I don't really see there as that there's any challenges in the business right now. Everything that happens, even if it's, you know, what people would consume, consider a failure, it's always a learning opportunity to get better because, you know, with every deal you learn something and you get better. 